Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, what's up? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 115 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am so excited to announce that I have sold my freaking store, and I have the guy on the line who taught me everything I know about dropshipping. This is Anton Creerly. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Dude, you have no freaking idea how excited I am. It's a, it's a big move, and it's something that's been, yeah, I guess, years in the making. So congratulations on having it actually come through. That's, it's a good feeling. I know. It's a great feeling to have that big deposit come in. Like, so do you remember when I was trying to be a Thai millionaire? My, my goal was to, I do. to I do. make my first $30,000. Gold was watch like, challenge. Yeah. It, and it, it seemed so impossible then. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now I, I literally got 2 million Thai bot in like a day, you know, and, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I basically like tripled my, my net worth in like a day just from, from selling this one store. I'm curious about how you're going to manage that because I know typically like you're, you're very good with money and you take your profit out of the business and you invest it. So what do you do now that you had a big payday? I'm uh, pop some champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to Vegas and see what happens. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Change your whole life now. Yeah. yeah now it's over. Yeah, Investing yeah. strategies out the window. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. All, all right. that was just to get to this point, and now I'm just gonna go stupid, spend it all, go you know, go right. rent a Ferrari <laughs> for a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. man, why don't you just finance one? That's what most people do, and then yeah. see what happens. Yeah, and then a year later, nope. try to figure it out again. Definitely not. <sighs> yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I was actually just thinking about that on how much of kind of like our life, you know, what our parents taught us, or the way we grew up, whether we were rich or poor, how much that's actually helped me with my my business sense. Uh, because not only, you know, like running a business isn't just about, you know, what we learn in the course or what you learn online, on, but it's like all the little things behind it. And I was just thinking, you know what, that must make a big impact. Just the fact that I grew up poor and I kind of know how to manage my money and I was never stupid about it. I think mm. that's kind of brought me a lot further ahead than, let's say, a member who's like, you know, 18 or something and never had a real job. And he's like, oh, I have all this money coming in. Yeah, but it's funny you say that because you grew up poor, you're better at managing money. And I, I agree, but it's not because you grew up, you know, with, with less money. It's because your parents were at least still responsible with money because the problem is a lot of people do grow up poor, but it's because their parents spend everything on, you know, on, they, they make bad decisions basically. So you kind of grew up in a family that was, you know, they, they came in as immigrants, right? They moved to America as immigrants and yeah, and we're building something up for themselves. So it's a different story. I, I think though, just to say like, because you grew up in a poorer family, that does not usually equal instant success. And I, I believe for those people, sometimes it's a much harder uphill battle because you're trying to break bad habits, but yeah. you actually grew up with your parents instilling good habits in you. Yeah, I guess that actually makes sense because if you grew up with parents that, you know, that didn't know how to manage money, they're getting, getting like payday loans, waiting for the mm-hmm. check and had the mentality of putting everything on credit and just buying dumb stuff. I think that would that would make it a lot harder to get the bad habit. It is, it is. When you see your parents going out and you know having those big credit card bills and going to finance TVs and get the newest electronics and whatnot, then you just think that's normal. And if that becomes normal, I mean, no matter what anyone says, and no matter what anyone you know says they think of their parents, they're by far the biggest influencers you'll ever have. Even if you say you hate them, you listen to them. That's that's the way the world works. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, luckily I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe like five or six years ago. And that really sh- like completely shifted. I would say, you know, the things that I grew up with, it'll still always be there because it was, you know, 20 years of 
of, you know, I don't want to say brainwashing, but just like of influence. But reading that book really just kind of overnight said, okay, at least I had this whole other um, framework to look at. Yeah, that's that's one that I, I really do think should be like mandatory reading for for anyone in even in middle school. It started at that age. Like it's just it's such an eye opener just to the way finance actually works. And yeah, yeah. And it, like it should be before you actually apply for a, a student loan. You have to read that book and then really evaluate your life. It's crazy that that's not like a requirement. And let's say like before you take out, you know, 30 or 50,000 dollars in debt that you should at least understand like what debt is, what compound interest is. Yeah and, yeah. and understand the value of money because even when I went to school, like I didn't know, I was like, oh, whatever, you know, $20,000, that's nothing. I'll make that, you know, in no time. But then you realize when you first get out there in the real world that like 20,000 is a lot of money, no matter how much you make, that's a lot of money. Yeah. it's crazy. You know? And yeah, yeah, it I, is. I think I had that same mentality. I, I thought, I was like, okay, I don't have to pay this back until I start working. Okay, cool. It's free money until then. And you know, out of college, I'll probably make, you know, let's say I'll make 50 grand or 100 grand out of college. You know, that's kind of like the random number you pick out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I could pay back 30 grand in a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's nothing. Yeah. And, th- and then you get, get the first job offer and it's like 40,000. You're working like crazy and you're like, what did I do? And you have all these bills. What did I do to myself? Taxes, yeah. Like, nothing exactly. left over. You have like, you, yeah. know, you probably take home, you know, three or four grand a month. Uh, and then, you know, you have all your bills, expenses. And you end up paying like the minimum on your student loan, and that takes you know twenty years. You know what's funny? I actually, when I graduated, I went to a state school, and my parents paid I think half. Um, They were very generous with that, so I only owed like thirteen and a half thousand, I think, when I graduated. And I actually took the full ten years to pay it off because my interest rate was so low. I graduated in two thousand six, and like they just gave me some amazing deal. And I think it was like a hundred and four dollars a month or something. And I didn't even want to pay off, you know, 13. Then it was like five. And I was like, no, I'm not going to pay it off yet. Then it was two. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, let me, uh, let me just let this auto payment come out. That's so, crazy. yeah. So, so do, yeah. You, do you have any debt now? No. Oh, I mean, I have a credit card that I pay off just like you, I think, like every other day. But yeah, <laughs> it depends what they, you ask me. It could be 30000 one day and zero the next because I didn't pay it in time. But yeah, it, uh, it rotates a lot faster now. Is, how crazy is it that, I mean, I wonder how many people out there have similar kind of credit card paying habits where my credit card company actually like... Um, it, they only limit me. I think they they said you can only pay off your credit card six times a month because mm-hmm. I, every time I'll log in, like if, like literally it would be like once a week. Sometimes like you know two days will pass. I'm like, oh, let me just pay off the balance. Let me pay off the balance because I yeah. hate having you know the that lapse and thinking like, oh, like am I going to get charged eighteen percent interest because I forgot to log in this month? Yeah, exactly. Or because you just, I mean, even though, you know, it's fine, but you don't want to log in and see that balance that's just so high. Even I actually made a payment this morning to American Express and they don't even have a limit on their accounts, which is insane, but it was $42,000 I just paid. And it's like, okay, like it's a credit card bill. Like it's insane. And and when it says like, you know, usually you see your limits with any other credit card and American Express just says, I don't know the wording, but there's not a limit as to how much you could spend. So I don't know when they cut you off. But I think this is about the highest I've gotten it before I made a payment. Well, we can go to Vegas and test that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So the one thing I missed the most after selling the store is actually not seeing those high balances on my on my Barclay card. Because I know every time I'm paying like a 30 grand uh, payment, I know I'm getting like, what, 600 bucks worth of travel rewards for that. Mm-hmm. It's it's 
it's such an amazing thing. I mean, people have approached me all the time. You know, I don't know if we're going to talk about e-commerce today or whatever. We'll talk about anything. But people have approached me all the time and said they want to build stores simply for the the credit card benefits because <laughs> they're travel hackers and they want to be able just to like they're like I don't care if I make money from my store. I just want to be able to charge as much as I can. I'm like, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and but at the same time, you know, I actually say that's a great way to start and just like not even worry about the profit. Just you know, try to you know definitely don't lose money, but you know, just have the goal of growing the revenue first as long as you're. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say break even, but like, let's you, you know, at least make some little tiny bit of money, but don't worry about the profit. Yeah, like these are the people that are fine with you know the ten percent margins if they're building all those miles and literally traveling everywhere for free. Yeah, especially with uh, for travel hackers. So I don't do this, especially because I don't want to spend all day you know researching the best credit card um, miles. You know what you know how to transfer points from one system to the other. But those people, what they benefit the most from actually isn't even like the two percent cash back that we get. They mm. benefit from uh, their spend where they hit that you know that first one or two month limit where they get that bonus, like that influx of like 60,000 miles. So yeah. their goal is to apply for like seven credit cards at a time, try to spend the minimum requirement, which is, you know, usually like four or $5,000 so they can get that big bonus. And yeah. traditionally, you know, there's no way for them to do that. So they have to invent these crazy ways of churning credit card uh, debt, I guess, where they'll go like buy gift cards from one place and then, you know, refund them somewhere else. And it's a big hassle. It really is. It really is. I mean, I don't know. What are you, are you still using the Capital One? So I missed my Capital One Venture card. Uh, that one gave yeah. me two percent um, cash, basically towards travel. Uh, I switched to the Barclay Arrival Plus, which gives me mm-hmm. the exact same amount. It also gives me two percent, but it gives me another half a percent when I redeem. So it actually. Uh, it, so oh, we, nice. Yeah. So if you do the math, it's, I'm actually getting two point five percent in total. Yeah, that's no, very sorry. cool. Nice. No, no, sorry, two point zero five percent. So it's like oh, okay, okay. No, sorry. Okay. So yeah. It, it doesn't sound like a much, but it adds up, especially because I had I was running two stores, and my average month I would probably spend forty, fifty grand just on my credit cards, and yeah, like right yeah. now, um, I logged in and I have I don't know something like crazy like half a million miles on there. Yeah, it's the best feeling. I mean, I'm just I'm keeping it simple too because the whole travel hacking thing, I totally get it. And for people that are trying to travel like for cheaper and figure it all out that way, like you know, go do it. But I, I haven't gotten into that. I just use the uh, the American Express Business Gold Rewards Card, and they do three uh, x points on any one category that you pick. It's only up to the first hundred thousand of uh, of spend. But I did it with advertising because I spend a lot to advertise. So we got like the three hundred thousand points within a couple months, and then it's just you know dollar for dollar you get points but what's great about them is you don't have to rely on like you know one one carrier it's not you know a united card or anything like that so i could transfer points to emirates like i'm flying back to the states uh, this saturday so you know business class flight done paid for with points uh, when i'm in new york i'm staying at the hilton transfer my points to the h honors done paid for so i really like that one for anyone looking for like a, just a good card that makes life easy i'd recommend the american express business gold i can definitely see that so i actually booked a flight just this morning uh right before this to go to europe uh i booked one i think yesterday and i my i couldn't get my car to work for some stupid reason i think my it, it just like wasn't going through it was um british airlines their website sucks it, it just seems mm-hmm. like it was built like 10 years ago but i ended up saying you know what f you know f this i'm not gonna you know waste any more time let me just book uh with my thank you reward points so I kind of fell for the trap of you know seeing the sixty thousand bonus miles if I open mm-hmm. a city card, uh, and I said like okay you know what? I was back in the U.S. Um, over Christmas. Let me just open this up and maybe I can get like a nice you know flight from it. So 
I went through them and I realized, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't, uh, I didn't have enough points for a business class flight. So I was like, you know what? Let me just fly to Europe, um, coach. It's not a big deal. And I instantly regretted it. I started thinking, <laughs> thinking about it for like 24 hours. I was in the pool yesterday thinking like, oh man, I'm going to be on this yep. flight for like 16 hours. It's going to be so uncomfortable. I'm going to hate mm -hmm. it. Luckily, they let me cancel that flight and then rebook um, using wow. half points, half cash. So I think I ended wow. up paying another like 1300 bucks uh, in cash. Uh, actually, ironically, on my, on my Barclay card, even though it's a city card program. Yeah. Uh, so I'm flying. Yeah. So I'm flying. Uh, business class there now so i'm super happy but i will never again go through that process of of like points because to be honest it's a little bit of the pain in the butt i had to like call in i had to like transfer the miles from one place to another with mm -hmm. like the barclay card or the venture card like you just pay for whatever you want and then at the end of the month you can just erase that purchase they call it travel eraser and it's it's a trillion times easier yeah, I'm going to check that out now that I'm heading back to the States because, you know, typically I fly with Emirates back and forth from Asia to, to New York. But now that I'm going to be in the States more, I kind of want something that I can use like that for domestic flights and try to figure out what airline is even good right now because I have no idea. I'm so out of that. Yeah. So, like, what's cool is you can – I think you actually end up saving money because you're paying cash. So you're paying just on your credit card for, you know, your Virgin America flight or your JetBlue flight or whatever it is. So you're not going to pick a more expensive flight just because it fits the points. And I think that's where people right. lose out a lot on. I think right. the only benefit of the miles is if you do some like really creative hacking where you can upgrade to a, a business class flight for less than what they would sell it for in cash. Every but, time I've yeah. tried that, it's failed. So yeah. like, and I've actually canceled flights too because it'll show on Emirates like, okay, if you pay this amount for economy, you can upgrade for X amount of points. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do that. And then I pay and then I go to upgrade and the button's gone. And then I call them and they say, no, you can't do that. Then I went to the office once. They're like, no, sorry, it's not available. So I just, I stopped even trying that. I'm sure, like I'm convinced it's all some kind of, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I think it's called like dark UI design. And there's this whole thing that the airlines do that's basically designed to screw people over. And a lot of uh, airlines do it. So I don't know, not a fan. Yeah, so I think, you know, that's why like people spend like literally the whole lives just figuring this, you know, these things out. And here's my rebuttal on that is for that same amount of time that I would spend trying to figure out these like little loopholes and, you know, figure out what, like, you know, what, like where I can kind of squeeze in my miles at, I could have just made a lot more money. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's why I don't believe in miles at all. Like, I, I think those people, that's their hobby. If that's what they really enjoy doing, that's what they want to spend their time on, you know, go ahead. But it's, it's a, such a waste of time. It, like the ROI on it is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And not stupid good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Unless, like you said, unless it's your hobby, it's something you love and you're all about, you know, not, not so much business, but you're about traveling and getting around the world for as cheap as possible. That seems like the way to do it. But you know, at the same time, like I, I used to have the mentality. I think I would have been one of those travel hackers because I used to really, really like getting stuff for free. I used to love yeah. deals, you know, like, and I still enjoy getting a good deal. But now my mindset's more, I enjoy getting great value regardless of the, the cost. My, my mindset right. has kind of gone from how can I screw over these companies by taking advantage of loopholes <laughs> to how can I find what's like the best possible product out there, you know, and be able to afford it. Yeah, I, I'm in that boat as well. I'm with you there. And that mindset is the reason why I'm successful in business now. Well, it's the reason why things change too, because I mean, you said this like years ago when we first met, uh, you know, out in Thailand when uh, like you were thinking about 
CrossFit, like signing up when you went back to the States and you thought it was too expensive and you had a conversation with Kurt and then he was like, oh, just think about how you can afford it. And it's that mentality that actually gets you out of situations and into others, no matter what level you're at. So even as something as simple as that as a starting point, but now it's like, okay, you're flying, you know, business class. Well, how can I get first class? It's not going to be by spending 20 hours trying to sign up for credit cards and buy stuff and refund it and change over points and transfer and make sure no one's watching me. It's going to be, I'll just sell more stuff. You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll provide a better experience for my customers, which will lead to me making more money, which will lead to me being able to afford whatever I want. Yeah. So yeah, that mentality that. definitely is a growth mentality. So I, I super, super, super have to thank you because I mean, I know that, you know, oh. with, I know you did I lose you here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm here, buddy. Can you hear me? Oh, got you back. Yeah. All right. So I know that, you know, at the end, all right. So here's, here's the two biggest lessons I learned, all right, from, from selling the store or just building the store in general. First is nobody will do the work for you. I think the biggest thing that was kind of holding me back when I was first starting is I was kind of, I don't know why I had this stupid mentality where I had to like wait for people to do the work for me. And I, and I remember, you know, because we were friends and we happened to be in Chiang Mai together, you would happily like sit down and be like, oh yeah, let me, let me figure this out. But every single time I had an issue that I asked you to help me solve, I would watch how you, you Google that, how the solution to fixing it, <laughs> whether it's like resizing something or like um, some kind of like HTML code error or something, you would, mm-hmm. you, you would happily help, but you would sit down and you would just Google like, how do I add this? And then you would follow the instructions and do it. And instantly I would think, why did I just wait three days <laughs> for, yeah. to watch him do this? Right. And yeah. <laughs> I, I saw you have this stupid mentality that people, number one, were either like way smarter, you know, and people and or that like they, for whatever reason, they should do the work for me. And now it's completely changed. Like the more people I meet that are, I don't want to say idiots, but like not the best at, you know, computers and not the most technical, uh, you know, and, you know, and like half the, you know, but they know where to find the information. They know like where to, you know, they know how to use freaking Google. And they have the mentality, they're like, nobody's going to do the work for me. I have to do it myself. That has really, really changed uh, my entire mindset. Yeah, I mean, that's just like accountability, right? And being responsible for your own actions and accepting blame when things go wrong. And I do it all the time. Like even with people that I work with and freelancers, like if a project goes bad, I still blame myself. Like even if I paid someone a lot of money and I don't get what I expected from it, I still blame myself even in that situation. Even if it's, an, you know, like literally someone I've contracted and spent a lot of money with. So um, that translates by far into success. If you're always the one responsible for your own destiny and luck, then you take life a lot more seriously and you get things done a lot faster because you realize, like you said, you're not waiting for anyone. It's up to you no matter what it is. Yeah, I love it. So thank you, Anton, for all your mentorship kind of throughout the years. If like, I, I swear, if it wasn't for meeting you, I, I would not be here today. Um, I know that you know it, it'd be easy to say like, okay, if you had the same work, work ethic uh, that you know, maybe I would have made just as much money doing something else. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, who knows? Like, I might have been back home, you know, living in my parents' house. Yeah. You, no, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was good time. And I think because you were in that situation of needing a change and then finding a solution, which is, you know, e-commerce and building an e-commerce store, it was like a perfect storm. Like, you were at that point that you were, like, actually needing to make something happen, you know? And I think that's, that's definitely what, what did it for you. You didn't really have a choice. I mean, you had a choice, but the alternative sucked. <laughs> you know, you, were, you didn't want to move home. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, another thing I, I want to like put out there is whatever your idea is, is, is of like your perfect life or the ty- type of business you want to do, 
it probably exists. Even, you know, you might not just not know what it is yet. Because before I met you and before I knew what dropshipping was, I was telling people, I don't want to sell digital products. I want to sell uh, a physical product. And every single person I met, they would talk me out of it saying like, no, that's stupid. You don't want to, you know, like you don't want to ship, you know, deal with shipping. You don't want to like, there's no, you, know, you don't want to buy inventory. Mm-hmm. So everyone tried to convince me to do SEO uh, or do like some kind of online only thing. And I just, I just held out saying like, no, that's not what I want to do. Like I want to sell something and people would give me a million reasons why that was not a good idea to sell physical products. But it just, in my mind, I just wanted to sell something tangible that can hold in my hand that someone can actually receive. And every single person I met, and this was like dozens of people, they all, they all said like, no, that's impossible. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the beauty of it is like, it's such a more like you use the word tangible and it is something tangible, not just to your customers, but as an asset to someone else. Like you just sold your store because what you built wasn't, uh, you know, and like I do courses. So like, this is why I know this very clearly, like one of the business models that I use, I could sell for a lot of money. The other one, there's never going to be a buyer for because one of them is me. It's me on camera. It's me writing blog posts. It's me teaching. And it's based on my experience. That's not a sellable asset. I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. It makes extra money. That's why I do it. But it's not something that I can just put on a marketplace and the next day get someone saying, hey, Anton, I want to give you a million dollars. That will never happen. But on the e-commerce side of things, those are businesses that this year it's been crazy with Dropship Lifestyle guys, how many of them have actually flipped their sites. Because for the first like year or two, people were building and holding and there were some sales, but they were a little bit smaller. And this year, I'm just hearing like, like there's a sale, there's a sale, there's a sale. Uh, the guys from Empire Flippers, who if anyone's interested in buying or selling a site, check them out, uh, Justin and Joe. I love those guys, but they're out in, uh, in Saigon a lot where I'm at now. And they keep telling me like, yeah, we're getting a lot of dropship lifestyle guys coming through selling their sites. Like it, it just keeps happening. So with, with other types of online businesses, if you're a freelancer or you're doing SEO, that's not something you could put on a marketplace. But if you have an e-commerce business, and it doesn't even have to be dropshipping, but if it's an e-commerce business, there are plenty of buyers out there. So um, if you're looking for a real asset to build that can provide you with a big payday, that's that's where the money is. Well, the funny thing is, I actually remember uh, Justin coming on uh, to the first Dropship Lifestyle Retreat two years ago, talking about yep. how to prepare your site for sale. And I honestly, I didn't listen to the talk at all. I just kind of, it was over my head. I was like, I'm never going to sell my store. This is, you know, I don't want to do these things. And now thinking back, like I was thinking, man, I wish that I would have paid attention. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would have thought of this earlier, but I think, you know what? It's, it's, I, I, I'm a big believer in stages, right? So my first goal was to make 600 bucks a month. And as soon as I made that, you know, I realized I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to just live as cheap as possible anymore. L- let me try to make like a normal US salary. Let me like make like $2,000 a month because then I can live really well in Chiang Mai. And it took me a while to hit that. But as soon as I did, I realized I was like, you know what? If I can, if I can make 600 and then I can move, you know, change that to 2000, why can't I make more? Mm-hmm. And I think my mm-hmm. best month this year was like 20 grand or something. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's a trade off though, because like, I do agree. Like I, I think like anyone, whatever business you're in, like you can, you know, have spinoffs of it. You could build similar businesses. You could scale it. There's always ways to do more. So a big struggle that a lot of people have once they get past that first hurdle, which in most cases is somewhere around, like I want to make an extra thousand or 2000 a month. Then the next question is like, well, how much money do I want to make? And how much am I willing to actually do for that? Because a big thing for both of us is, you know, the lifestyle design aspect. That's why you're in Chiang Mai. Um, you know, it's 
the cost of living is very low. The, but the, the main thing is living there is a really cool experience. Like you could have a nice place. You're surrounded by nature. There's really good food. There's really cool entrepreneurs. So there's like a trade-off. If you want to go a different route, then what does that mean to your life? So that's like the next question and the next stage of everything. That's why I'm actually curious what your plans are now that, you know, you've sold one of your stores, you still have another, you're doing your podcast, you have your blog, but like, what are you planning on moving to? Do you want to make more money? Are you, what are you like? What's the plan? Yeah, I want to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> actually, so uh, I'm actually very content in Chiang Mai. So since you've been here, Chiang Mai has gotten so much better. It's Everybody's like apartments and condos have been, have been completely upgraded. Uh, you know, when we were living here, it was – I guess there's a few places that you can stay in like a hotel that had a pool. But now it yep. seems like everyone I know stays in a con- like a new condo that's like, you know, fully furnished, has like a pool, has a gym. So the lifestyle has actually gotten better. They've opened up a ton of like really amazing restaurants, like world class kind of re- type restaurants. Uh, there's even better coffee shops than before. There's you know, things like you know wine bars now and craft beer. And this mm-hmm. stuff was the, the things that were kind of missing from Chiang Mai before, where you know it used to have great Thai food, like cheap living, but you didn't really have like the luxury aspect of it. Uh, so Chiang Mai has actually kind of grown uh, perfectly to suit my need. Nice, nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, but I am going to spend the whole summer in Europe. Uh, I booked a one-way flight, and I agreed to meet my parents for a cruise in September. So I actually have to be there from June 15th until, like, September 15th, which is, like, four months. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. But, I mean, there's a lot of people there, and obviously summer in Europe is pretty sweet. So, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of brings it full circle because if if you remember, uh, my the first reason why I decided I wanted to hit that you know, $2,000 a month goal wasn't just to make money. It was because Kurt said, Hey, I'm going to go spend the summer in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize, crap, I can't do it. Like I just yep. can't afford to do it. Yep. And that, I mean, that's a big like thing to push people, but then what, like what's next though? Cause now you can do that. Right. So uh, do you want to be at the point where you could buy a, a building in Chiang Mai and own like, you know, a whole like rental unit? Do you want to get to the point that you could live whatever type of life you want to live in the States? So like, like, where do you go from there? I'm curious as someone that, you know, really is into lifestyle design. Like what's the, the threshold of how much kind of work you want to put in based on the return? Yeah. So I think this is the plan right now is I'm going to spend, you know, four months in Europe. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to ball out too much. I'm not going to like just blow through the whole 60 K. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, but I'm gonna enjoy life and say, you know what, I've I've earned this. It's kind of like my holiday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill out, just to kind of get that out of the way. And then I'm actually gonna come back to Chiang Mai from mm-hmm. like September, I guess October. Go to Hawaii real quick for <laughs> real quick trip. Yeah, <laughs> just pop over to Hawaii. Now. Yeah, uh, actually, you know, it actually works perfectly because uh, I'm gonna need a new six month tourist visa for Thailand. And nice. Because Hawaii is a U.S. state, I can just get it there. That's perfect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even have to go back to California, which would be cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and I kind of, so, so you know, this is kind of like still up in the air. I don't, I don't know exact details yet, but I think what I'm going to do is right after the retreat, I'm going to try to convince a bunch of people to come back to Chiang Mai. And yeah. I want to do like a, I don't even know what, they, what we call it, almost like a, I want to get like 10 people to partner with me on stores. Uh, just like from the scratch and then I'm gonna take a little incubator. Yeah. Like an incubator. So I'm going to have like a percentage of it and we're going to kind of go through, you know, um, the whole, you know, starting a a store right from the start. So from zero to profit, Mm -hmm. but then it's sole intention of flipping the stores, you know, once they've hit maturity. So after like six or 12 months of Uh, profit, just selling the store. So you have that exit plan in place. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of now that I've, you know, what I've learned not only from building a profitable store, but also the process of selling it. I think if I, you know, by having that master plan and then having like, can you, like how cool would it be to have like 10 DSL members, you know, all kind of living in one big house together in Chiang Mai and like going through the process together. You know? Cause like once, you know, once one person has success, everyone else is like, okay, this is a competition. It's on. I gotta, I gotta hustle. Yeah. It's like a, like a hyperactive forum where you're always motivated. Yeah. So really, really excited for that. Um, and it's going to be for, I think, I think I'm going to, okay. So I definitely want to train people everything because there's so much information. So they have to be a DSL member, mm -hmm. uh, or they have to have a profitable dropshipping store right now. So you know, right, right. it's just kind of, I want them to like already have something. And I, I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's so much easier that way. I mean, if you start from nothing, then you might as well just do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't have like 80 hours to be like, okay, so this is what a supplier is. This is how you fill out this form. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. So I like it. And then, so I actually asked Larissa, um, she called me yesterday cause she saw me doing the math on, um, our accounting spreadsheet of how much the store, her store is worth or the store yep. that we own together. And she called me, she's like, she's like, John, do you want to tell me something? I'm like, I'm like, what? And she's like, are you, are you trying to sell our store? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I was just doing the math. Cause I was writing a blog post. Um, uh -huh. and I wanted to know like how much it's worth currently. But what's really cool is, so this, that store is actually worth almost the same. It's worth 67000 right now if I use the same multiple. Yeah. But what's really cool is the first six months of that, uh, the profit was actually a lot lower because I my conversion rates weren't as good yet. The the ads weren't really optimized. So the if as long as we kind of continue this trend and you know keep building that store up, I think it actually that store actually has the potential to be worth double the store. So I, I think we could sell that. When we sell it, I think it's going to be worth over 100000 yeah, man, that's such like, I mean, then people always like wonder about, you know, if you build a store and it's making you three or 4,000 a month, like that's awesome. And that really is obviously a huge benefit of owning these. But for me, like my favorite thing, again, about e-commerce is those days that it's sold and you get that transfer. And it's just like, it's like adrenaline, you know, it's like I built something that's this valuable to something, someone else. So, you know, I, I really love that. It's, that's my favorite part about e-commerce. Yeah. And the guy that, that bought my store, he is ecstatic because it's been uh, about two weeks now since we started started the transfer. So we kind of officially, you know, like shook hands and say, okay, like you got it, you got it now. Right. <laughs> like yeah. uh, a few days ago, but you know, we, we started transferring everything under his name about two weeks ago. And I was, I don't know why. I think I always have like random fear for no reason. I'm like, Oh, what if I transfer it? And then the very next day there's no more sales, you know, and he's, gonna uh -huh. but you know, sales actually are very steady. I think of anything, they're actually a little bit better than, than they were for whatever reason. Uh, and his goal is, so the reason why he bought it, he's like, he's like, okay, I can see, you know, I can see the, the profitability of it. I can see like the, the kind of like the profits going up and down. Your expenses are way too high. You're spending too, way too much on ads. And he has a uh, store already. He's actually a DSL member. And uh -huh. he, in his mind, he's like, okay, I gave you 20, you know, seven months of, you know, of profit up front. So 27 uh, X, uh, was it, what, what do you call it? Multiple. And his goal is to be able to increase that profit to cut that in half. And that way he can get all his money back in half that time. So like in a year and a half. And then anything on top of that, he gets to keep for profit. Or he can then flip the store for double. So from his exactly. point of view, it actually makes a lot of sense. Where he bought the store for 60K in a year, not only would he have made, you know, two or three grand a month from that. So another, uh, like, you know, 24, 30, 30K. Uh, then if he sells it for double because he increases the, the value of the store... It, like it's the best ROI in the world.
Yeah, yeah, Johnny, I like that. You, I could hear you, but it's a little bit like a not echoey, but staticky. So when I'm talking, does it sound good on your end? No, I just want to make sure yeah, everything's yeah. all clear. It's, still, it sounds beautiful. Man. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, good. I, yeah, I have some static. Like it sounds. I don't know. Like it's coming through a weird, a weird channel. But all right, cool. Yeah, no. But what, what I was just going to say though about that, like about you know selling the sites like that and how some people out there just are purely investors. Like I would assume that what this person saw saw with your business as well is okay when you build an e-commerce store dropship or any other type of e-commerce like you could build it for a couple of reasons right one could be for a cash flow business one could be because you want it to be your you know your full-time job one could be because you want to build to sell or one could be like you just want that passive income and i'm guessing what this guy saw is with you like obviously your dropship store has never been your main, you know, your main thing where you're working eight hours a day and you're trying to hire people and you're constantly split testing and optimizing. Like you built a great business that could fund your lifestyle. So what's really cool is like just by doing that, you also attract these investors that are willing to maybe just like, you know, hire someone to take over the store and they're going to pay them because they know they're going to get that return. So that's why really it is a win-win. Like I say, like I love selling stores and it's not because I feel like like, oh, I'm out. Like, I'm done with this. It's, it's more because like, okay, cool. I built something that's valuable and then I could see what someone else will do with it. So I earn money, they get a deal and like everyone wins. But yeah, I yeah. think he's going to do really well with it. I, I think so too. Like I, I actually, I think he's already kind of had his developer going and the very first thing he's doing is he's making the site mobile responsive. Because right now, <laughs> you know, because when I built it, like people weren't really buying stuff on, on phones yet. It was, you know, a few years yeah. ago, like people had like a four inch screen and the very first thing I would do is, you know, basically I would reduce my, my advertising budget on mobile by 90%. Uh, that way we just like never show up just thinking yep. like no one's going to buy anything on, on phones. But now in 2016, like people are buying a lot of stuff on phones and if anything, it's actually easier to convert because people shop less. They're not going to open like 50 tabs to compare. They're probably going to, they're going to click one thing and then be like, okay, this looks good. I'm going to check out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good move. Probably should have happened a while ago, but good to hear he's doing that. That should be an easy win. Yeah. And I mean, and so th- th- those are the things that I knew I should do. I just never want, like I never, it's not that I didn't have the time to, it's just, it wasn't my priority. And it's crazy. I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, they, they, they look at me and they're like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, why wouldn't you want an extra thousand or $2,000 a month just by, you know, spending uh, some time making these changes? And I realized I was like, you know what? That doesn't excite me anymore. It's not like, not even, not even just the money, but just like, it's not, I think I have different priorities now, but also my personality, I like doing stuff like this. I like being on podcasts. I like talking, you know, I like being in front yeah. of people. I like teaching. I like, you know, interviewing people. I don't like sitting in front of a computer and, you know, just like tweaking A-B spit testing stuff or playing with ads. Like I, I've never enjoyed that. I, I'm not even that mm-hmm. good at it, to be honest. It's funny when people ask me right. <laughs> in the progress threads, like about like, um, you know, like very specific, like technical stuff. I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, no, but seriously, like, because again, it comes down to like, you built it as a passive business, you know, that's what you wanted out of it. So you got what you wanted out of it. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a pretty sweet transition, especially because now that, you know, you sold this one, you still have the other, but yeah, I mean, like there's plenty of companies too. It's funny because like, I do think this guy will do really well with it. But if you think about like how many businesses there are out there that are running like, you know, super profitable e-commerce stores that have teams that literally test stuff all day. Like there's a bunch of people that could take really any of our stores, to be honest, like, you know, they all do well, but there's a lot of people out there that could easily, easily, easily increase the size. So, um, I, I look forward. I actually, I hope that, I don't know if the guy wants to be private about it, but I hope once he does sell it again, maybe in a year or so that you can actually, you know, interview him or speak to him on a podcast about that, that transition. Cause I think that's a really interesting side story. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I know he wants to be anonymous for now, uh, but yep. when he does sell it, I'm going to make sure I get him on the podcast. Cause then he definitely, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how and you don't have to mention be? the store yeah. or anything, but just the story about, you know, his, his goals going in and what he got from it. Yeah. It, it's so crazy. Like, I mean, it's, I think what's really cool is a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they have listened from the first episode. And whether they have gone back and kind of listened to older episodes or if they've, you know, been listening for a long time, it's it's this is more about like the journey. You know, like I think if you if you listen to the very first episode, it's me and Adam talking about like building our, our you know, our first stores together and like being so excited about like having, you know, being able to replace our normal nine to five job, uh, being able to get like two or three grand a month and that was kind of like the end all. That was like the big goal. And now here we're talking about like what we would do to, to build like 10 stores at a time or like mm-hmm. really just level up. Yep. And what's funny is, you know, you probably could have done it much earlier on, but sometimes you're just like not ready for that. And that's fine. You know, like if it's just not there, then it, it's all about steps. Like I, that's one thing that kind of I don't like about, you know, the information product businesses that I have. People will ask me questions sometimes like, hey, I want to sign up for your course. Can I make a million dollars this year? And it's just like, oh my God, like, have I ever even tried to insinuate that that's going to happen in your lifetime? Like in the first, you know, don't have unrealistic expectations. Take things a step at a time. Like your first goal, for example, I want 600 a month. Okay, fine. It doesn't mean that's all you ever want out of this, but start somewhere reasonable and realistic and something that's achievable within a shorter amount of time. Because then when once you hit that, then you can make your next goal. And to make that, again, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but something that's at least realistic. And then after that, make another stretch. But keep taking steps. Don't just go for everything from day one. I like that a lot. And that's always been my mentality. I actually go through and I, I, like, I look through my old journals where I've mm-hmm. physically written down. So big shout out to Kurt again for like forcing me to write these, these goals down. And I've made every single one of these financial goals. I think the only goal that I've ever written down that I, I'd never hit was getting a six-pack. Yeah. Even though I was actually pretty close when I was in Vietnam with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I just, I kind of fell off of that because I focused more on travel, uh, having a girlfriend at the time, you know, watching Game of Thrones, <laughs> and, you know, and, but, you know, really kind of just making money. But now that I have time, I, I'm definitely actually going to get back there. I, I think that I'm going to announce that on this, uh, this podcast right now, the six pack challenge before Hold I turn back. 40, I need those abs. Before you turn 40, how old are you now? 35? 34, 34. 34. Oh my God. You're giving yourself way too long. Okay. Before I yeah. <laughs> 30, all right, two, I'll give myself two years. I, two it's, years, yeah, It's that's hard good. to get a six-pack, man. I, I, no, trust me. I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy, but five years. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I'm going to get a six-pack. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, there you um, go. So my, I never, ever, ever thought my, my life that my next goal would be to be like a U.S. dollar man. Mm-hmm. And now I actually see the path because I was thinking, I was like, okay, if I, you know, even if I built 10 stores and I was making two grand, you know, two grand a month each from it, uh, that's 20 grand a month. It's still going to take, it's still going to take a long time. And like, it'll take like what, I don't even do the math, but like 50 years or something to get to, to a millionaire. But by, you know, building the stores and then flipping them, I can, and then also doing all the other things I'm doing. I really, honestly, I think I can get there in the next like three or four years. Oh, definitely. And that's the thing. Like when you're building and selling, which is something I've, I've you know, advised people to do from day one, because um, you could just, it's very repeatable. Like that's 
like you can make enough money with one store to, to usually cover all your expenses in life and live off of and be very comfortable. But if you're looking to actually build like a big bankroll, the way that's going to happen is by building and selling. Because especially if you can maintain like your same style of life and your same expenses as when you're running one store and, you know, living from the profit, then you sell that one and that money just goes into your account. It's not going anywhere, you know, and then you just do it again and again. And the more comfortable you get, the more you could do it. So, yeah, that's 100 percent the path to actually having you know that 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 pile of money there that bankroll so here's all right so here's one thing i was really surprised is you know i don't know if you still own and operate any of your own stores mm-hmm. but for a long time I've, i kind of figured i was like you know what i don't care if you if you still run stores or not because you've had the knowledge you know you've spent your time now to teach other people like myself how to do it and it's all obviously worked so even if you don't run any of your own stores like i really don't care anymore uh, no yeah I, I do and actually that's the reason i'm going back to the states on saturday so i definitely am a lot less involved than i was four or five years ago but the, we're going back like i'm literally going with my entire team back to the states to scale things up again to where they used to be so i'm still 100 actively involved but now it's going to be I mean, everything we've been doing plus a lot more. So the way that things have worked pretty much is like, I I kind of, I guess do like similar to what you're doing. We definitely do, you know, more testing, but it's not like, you know, rapid expansion. I'm not trying to grow $10 million businesses. I'm more just like, okay, it makes X amount per month. It'll keep making that. It's an asset that I could sell when I want to. Now the plan is to go super aggressive on everything and build businesses that in three to five years, there's people willing to spend, you know, 3 million, 5 million, 10 million on them. So, um, like I definitely am involved and I'm going back to build massive e-commerce businesses right now. So can I ask, like, so in total, how many e-commerce stores do you or businesses do you own now and how many have you sold in the past? I have two now. Um, I've sold dozens of them, usually in groups, not individual sales, but usually like, you know, related stores, because I know I actually saw a post you wrote where you didn't do a non-compete. But typically when you're selling them, you do say, you know, I'm not going to sell this for X amount of years. So what I usually do when we sell them is sell them in groups of related products, because if anyone's listening to this and is part of Dropship Lifestyle, you know, we build niche specific stores. So if you have four or five stores that are all in similar niches, but a little bit different, usually when you're selling that, no one's going to want to buy one even if you're indirectly competing with them. So they go as groups. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Actually, one of the great things about selling to a, a DSL member is like he, I, he just knows me and he trusts me. Like it's, it's so insane that like so people that don't know who I am or aren't part of the, the, the course, you know, they, they have all these crazy um, ideas in the head. Like some people are like, oh, Johnny's never even owned a, a Joshing store. He just like photoshops these reports every month. And yeah. it, to me, it's so insane because I'm like the amount of time it would take me to like Photoshop these these numbers and like these graphs and stuff. Like I could actually just build a business. And the fact that yeah, like and but you know, but if you're in the if you're in the course, it's even crazier because in my progress thread, I have something like I don't know, like hundreds and hundreds of posts where I've like detailed everything I've done for the last like three years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like someone like they like someone must be insane if they think I'm like if I'm writing this like novel of you know of an imaginary store. Uh, but obviously, why you think people in the course think that you don't no, no, own a no. store? No, one hundred percent of people in the course know I own a store. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say no. Yeah. I'm looking right now. Your post, your your progress thread was started June sixth, two thousand thirteen. There's forty pages of discussions. There's nine hundred ninety one replies. So you're almost at a thousand. And there's forty seven thousand four hundred ninety nine reviews. Yeah, uh, so, views, not reviews, reviews. views. Okay. So yeah. like the the people in the course one hundred percent know that. I have my own successful stores because not only like not only do I have all that discussion, but like when they talk to me, like 
they know I know what the heck I'm talking about, you know? And it's like, but I don't even want to bring these people up because it's insane to me. Like, there's people out there that, like, they just, they want dropshipping not to work for whatever they reason. Want, who cares? You know, who cares? It's one of those things that people want everything not to work. And, like, if you ever, this is, I, I, I hate to say it. Like, I am, I'm not one of those people that, you know, is from America and doesn't like it. I do. I think it's a, I think it's a great country. I'm excited to go back. But if you look at, like, what a lot of the discussions are there right now and what a lot of people actually spend their lives thinking about and sharing on Facebook and commenting on, it's pretty sad. And it's not just America. Like, I mean, that's what I see because that's, you know, most of my network and most of what gets shared is, is from there. But it's, it's really sad. I mean, one, like people are too involved in everything to the point that they just try to entertain themselves by, I, I don't even know what to call it, but it's one thing that I, I have no, no part of at all. Um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter, honestly. At the end of the day, if you even think about, yeah, no, I was just, I was just saying, you know, even if you you think about what these people are saying online, then you're really just wasting your own time because life's short. We only have so many hours in the day, and I'm realizing this more and more as I'm getting back into the, you know, full on like hustle mode that um, you know I've went through stages in. There's not enough time to deal with those people, and if you even respond to one or think about what they say, then your whole day is gone, and before you know it, you're caught in a Facebook loop of comments with people that have pictures of cats as their profile picture so yeah don't worry about them yeah you know i i like really really try like just to completely ignore them and actually I'm, I'm getting way better at it now uh what's great is how many like successful members are there are of the course that kind of like they will go in and reply and say like look you guys are idiots you know <laughs> so that's kind of made our lives easier um one thing though that i i have noticed uh and i'm I really, i'm actually very proud of you for this i think it was a little bit hard is how aggressive you got with your marketing I think like in the beginning, yeah, you know, you're you're kind of like, yeah because oh, sorry, yeah, no, I mean the, the reason is like so now basically people come into our world. I'm, I've given out so much free content that I've created over this past year. So we have one um, ten module free course, and literally it'll take someone from knowing nothing about e-commerce to having a really good foundation. Uh, I have another free course that I give out. It's four parts. It's like two hours of you know pure content that will take anyone that wants to know what it is that we actually do in business from, again, not knowing to having a very clear picture of what it is we do. So what was happening a lot when I was just distributing the content was that people were going through it and then they were just asking so many questions via email. And I am happy to help, but we reach a lot of people. And it was at the point where like, you know, I was like, okay, guys, like, you know, like we do have the course available. Like, I'm happy to give you this free stuff. But if you actually want to ask questions all day long, like you should probably get this, this course that we have. And, um, you know, the, basically the best way to do that, that I found is through email automation where we give people all the free content, but then we also let them know like, Hey, this thing's for sale. If you actually want to do this, then just buy it. And if you don't click on subscribe, but if you want to be part of this, here's the link. And again, that comes down to, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So at first I was spending a lot of time responding to emails, uh, from people who, you know, to be, to be honest, who weren't part of the course and there's just not enough time anymore. So I used to make the same mistake of helping people uh, like that as well. So I have a friend, she emailed me asking me like some questions about dropshipping and I, I was happy to answer it because she's like a personal friend. And then she would ask me three more and I would answer it. And she asked me three more and I'd answer it. Mm -hmm. And I realized I was like, man, like all the, like you're, I don't have enough time to walk you through all these things, especially because there is a resource out there, you know? Like, well, that's my thing. It's like I created, I created the course so I didn't have to coach people one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're going through our free training already and enough so that you have questions that like you're serious about it, right? Like you have real questions that, that make sense. But if you're that serious, now we just tell people like, listen, you should join because 
I answered this already and there's, you know, a forum and like, it's all there plus a lot more. So yeah, very clear on that now. I think it, so it's actually kind of a disservice when we kind of like, like help people get started a bit and then, and then, you know, be like, okay, now you have too many, too many questions. I actually, honestly, now I actually like, don't even really answer anything. I say, and it's not because I'm trying to be a dick or because I'm just trying to promote your course. It's because mm-hmm. I know 100% that if they spent all day, like, and, you know, and, the, and, you know, asking these questions and then, you know, waiting three days for me to reply instead of just going out and finding the, the information themselves, they're probably, you know, going to get frustrated at some point and they hit a roadblock that nobody's going to answer because they're going to burn out their social circle. Uh, they're going to burn out their mentorships. And because people get sick of helping them, you know, over and over again on things that they should just be finding themselves or, they, you know, they can learn the course. And then those are the people that get really pissed off and frustrated because then now they've spent all this time invested in trying to make us, you know, a store. And then, you know, then they like feel like, okay, now, you know, I got all this stuff for free. Now I feel entitled to get the rest. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the thing at first, I didn't realize that would be an issue because I'm not that person at all. But what, you know, I've realized over the years of doing this is that obviously when you distribute information online, you don't just reach people that are like you, you reach everyone. So, um, I have had to get a lot clearer with that, but like my personality type is, you know, let's say I want to learn something. Uh, maybe I'll listen to some podcasts. Maybe I'll watch some YouTube videos. Maybe I'll read some blog posts, but then if there's someone out there that has an answer to my problem and if that's presented, whether it's, you know, coaching or whether it's an online course or whatever it is, then I'm not going to email them and ask them, Hey, I read your blog post and watch your YouTube video. Can you explain X, Y, and Z to me? I'm going to buy their course and I'm going to go through it and I'm never going to contact them and I'm going to get a huge takeaway and my business is going to do better. And you know, that's it. It's done. So I I wish everyone was like that, but that's like, I mean, I guess the answer to your question or the reason we've got, you know, more aggressive with the marketing is to just address that issue before we have 300 emails from people asking questions that are all answered already. Well, so, so one of the reasons I'm so happy to have you on the podcast is like, so people can kind of get to know your personality because I think, you know, especially with the more kind of aggressive, um, like sales funnel, like people, you know, a lot of people might just assume that, you know, you're like, the, you know, you don't really care about them. But in reality, you're like one of the most genuine, nicest guys, most generous guys I've ever met. And I think anyone that knows you in person, you know, at least kind of, you know, has hung out with you and kind of gotten to know you, they know that for a fact. Yeah. I mean, I would think like, I mean, everyone will interpret the messages differently, but I I would hope that they see that it actually is more important that I'm telling them like, listen, you want, you want this, right? Like you want to build an e-commerce store. Okay. Instead of just emailing me questions, here are success stories. I'm not the only one that does this. The students do this too. It didn't just work five years ago. Here's a screenshot from last week, you know, and here's the course. Like I would hope, and I, I know people, some people will take it the wrong way, but I would hope that they realize that that's actually trying to help them rather than me just answering their questions all day because that doesn't benefit anyone. Um, you know, it's distracting. It takes away from everyone's time. So I, I do get what you're saying. Like some people might see it as like off-putting, but at the same time, the, like it's, it's a way of me eliminating the people that I don't want to work with and the people that I don't want to work with are the ones that have a million questions before they even sign up for anything. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And at yeah. the end of the day, like I know the course works because I've been through it myself. I met now like literally like over 100 people who have some kind of successful store, you know, whether it's making 500 bucks a month or $3,000 a month. <clears throat> to me, like they've gotten their, not only have they gotten their money's worth, they've gotten like, I mean, if I do the math, you know, I've gotten like a hundred, I've gotten like a hundred plus 60 times my money's worth, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's so insane. Like, I don't like, I, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to focus on those people anymore. Cause I want to focus on like helping as many people as possible and not worrying at all about the people who don't want to be. 
Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different world. And again, like if you just look on Facebook and go to some of like the most popular you know groups about whether it's politics or religion or whatever. I mean, you just you just see some of these things that are on people's minds and some of the things that they share and that they that they believe are true. And like those are the same people that maybe they see a blog post you wrote or maybe they somehow see someone shared your podcast and then they're the ones again like they, they don't have real names on Facebook. They have some ridiculous photo of something and they're the ones that'll leave you know negative comments and just write totally ridiculous things so not not worth anyone's time in life yeah they could figure it out on their own you know they can they can take those first steps of figuring out who they are what they actually want and then should they ever want to proceed with anything you know there's plenty of people in the world that do want to help people but the people that help people need to see people help themselves first that's what it comes down to yeah i actually i honestly think that like pretty much every single person begins with wanting to help people and you know and actually taking their time to do it some people just have a lot more patience and they'll you know they'll like they'll keep you know they'll kind of have more faith in humanity and and keep trying for longer and longer but eventually i think everyone has their threshold they're like you know what you guys just need to pay for this because well yeah it's it's something with with like scalability too and especially like this past year with with the course you know we've put a lot of effort into it um you know like literally have a full team um all new trainings uh we had an app built we had a theme built and like we put a lot of time and effort into it honestly so the fact that people some people think they're entitled like you use the word entitled and it's true the fact that some people think that they're like entitled to everything just because like not that I don't believe they, you know, they, like, and that's the thing too. Like, you, and I'm not telling anyone if you want to be successful, you, you have to buy a course because that's a hundred percent not true. You know, there's plenty of other ways to be successful without paying someone for information. But the fact that people feel entitled to the same level of support and, you know, maybe training as someone that paid that didn't, that's where scalability becomes an issue. So it's really, it all comes down to entitlement. Like I love helping people. I really do. Like, and when people email success stories and when people post the screenshots of, you know, their daily sales and their first sale and their monthly sales, like I, I love that. And I'm so happy to do it. But when I'm emailing someone who feels entitled, I, I just, I don't, I really don't have it in me. And it comes down to, again, like how much time there is. And, you know, one of the things that is, is true, I guess I learned this lesson first from my e-commerce stores. You know, you, you've realized this, some people will buy and they will be like the most pleasant, customers and they'll be so happy and they'll get their item and they'll take a photo and they'll send it to you. And then some people from like before they even place the order, like they'll call in and just be like nasty about it to begin with. Right. And it's not because you did anything differently to either of those customers. You had the same e-commerce store. You had the same phone number. You had the same images, the same products. It's just about that person and how they approach life. So uh, it's one thing that you do have the choice of who you want to deal with. It's, it's harder with the e-commerce businesses because when you're selling physical products, you kind of do open yourself to everyone in the world. But when it comes to information products, you can change your targeting and your message to only let in the people that you know you would, that would benefit from you the most and the people that you actually believe you could help, you know? So that's, that's one thing that we've been doing a lot of this year. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, you know, kind of one thing that I, I, I think I posted somewhere on my, that really holds true is the fact that if someone stops replying to you, it doesn't mean that you've won the argument you know, or that they, they have nothing else to say or they, um, they don't know the answer. It's probably because they're sick of talking to you. <laughs> they're sick of like arguing, replying with you. So like, oh, when- yeah, but I mean, you should, you shouldn't respond from, from day one. Like, and again, I'm sure it's like those trolls that don't have, you know, real photos, real names. Like you just d- d- like, and someone did this, you know, um, I'm not going to mention who it is cause I don't want anyone to, to look it up. But one of our friends that has a pretty big website, someone posted a, uh, like a negative review on their Facebook page. And it was one of those ones that you can't just delete. Cause it's like something, if you have a 
a local business, I think. People can leave reviews that can't be edited. And so this troll that, again, was like a cartoon picture and some ridiculous name, they posted something that was just totally false. And then uh, our friend started responding to it. And it turned into, obviously, like, you know, they say, don't feed the trolls. Like, this guy was playing into it. And then it became not just this guy's one fake account. But then he created like four or five fake accounts. And because he was getting attention, he just spammed the site like crazy, started posting all around online. So the second you respond and engage, it just opens up their world. So I've never responded to anyone. Just delete and ban, delete and ban. It's very easy. Yeah, I, I'm working like so much towards that. And it's so hard because sometimes I want to like just educate people because they no, are No, you can't wrong. though. They're not there to be educated. They don't, <laughs> they're so not hard. there. Like I, I honestly, I really feel like most of them are not – some of them are bad people, but most of them are not actually bad people. They're just oh, no, so I'm not saying that. misguided yeah. that they yeah. just have like bad, you know, uh, misinformation. And yeah, but they'll be that way. They'll be that way unless they change themselves into the day they die. And they're not going to change because you responded to one of their trolling messages and said, hey, this is the truth. Like they'll never change that. That will never be the thing that changes them. That's why it's not worth it. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I know you're right, you know, and, like, yeah. you know. And that's why I've been a lot faster now to just you know, delete and ban. And it's yeah. not because whatever they're posting is something that like I'm like you know I don't I don't want the world to see or that they have you know this great valid point. It's because I don't want to open up this stupid conversation, you know. And and here's the thing is like we give so much free information out there. Like this mm -hmm. podcast has been free like since day one. And there's so much information in here, and. It's funny. Some of those trolls, they'll say like, you know, they'll be mad about one thing. They're like, oh, I can't believe Johnny, you know, Johnny's, you know, charging uh, X amount of money for this or, you know, Anton's charging X amount of money for this. But, you know, I love his podcast. It's free. Yeah. 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 And it's like, and no, it's like then, then don't yeah. buy it. Like yeah. you don't like it. Don't, don't buy it. it. It's fine. Just don't buy it. You have, you you have every yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's ugh, I, I I don't get why people get upset about things. Like, no one's forcing you to do anything in life. I mean, it's 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 very much a free world. So, relax, relax, and do whatever you want. Make your own decisions. But here's yeah. here's the thing that like kind of bothers me the most, and this is why I actively, you know, like open you know openly share and and like promote things so much is because there was a very very big chance. I want to say probably like ninety percent chance that I would have listened to some idiot. That if if I had you know if I had been exposed to it if I had like you know did more research you know or if it was a more, you think so though if it was a random profile online you would you would be influenced yeah because what happens is like so all right so when I started the course I I I didn't know anything about dropshipping like literally you were the one to tell me tell me the word dropshipping I knew yeah. nothing about it and luckily the only thing I ever read online was a Wikipedia article that talked about what dropshipping is. Jeez. If you Google it now, it's so bad because uh, that company DS Domination that was doing the MLM thing, like it has like, oh, it's so bad, but no, never mind. That's a different story. But what were you saying? You Googled yeah. it. Oh, I didn't, I, yeah. didn't I didn't realize um, what that was. So, so I, yeah. So I, look, when I Googled it like three years ago, there was, you know, nothing out there. It was just like Wikipedia. They're like, oh, this is this, you know, business model that some big companies use. And because I met you in person, I was like, okay, yeah, sounds good. I'll take the course. I'll, I'll follow it. Everything's yeah. good. But I, I also know that if I had like talk to some, you know, negative person who is like, you know, is kind of regurgitating some crap they read online in some forum on Reddit or something. And then I started Googling and I started kind of going down that rabbit hole. I probably would have had so many doubts that I, I either never would have done the course in the first place or I never would have followed through to open the store because those first two months when I was building it, I was very fragile. You know, if someone had come and yeah. like said like, oh, you're wasting your time. This is not going to work. I probably would have stopped. And because and, I didn't have the confidence um, back then. Yeah. That I, I guess, yeah. So I, I, I see what you're saying. But I guess one thing I do like to 
again, like you mentioned earlier, people could hear that I'm a real person and, you know, kind of learn for free before they make a commitment to anything. Like I'm just checking now on our YouTube channel. I mean, I have 6,300 subscribers. I have, I don't even know how many, check how many videos. I think like 60 or 70 videos. Um, and a lot of them are just free training actually. So if you go to youtube.com slash dropship lifestyle, like you could subscribe to the channel or watch videos, but like, I guess, I mean, you can, you can read something bad about anything, but if you can actually get value from someone before you make a decision. Like even now when people, uh, when people email me and they say, you know, Hey Anton, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about signing dropship, sign up for dropship lifestyle. Where should I start? All I do is I link them to our YouTube channel and our blog. And I say, listen, you know, our blog has 40 posts. Our YouTube channel has whatever it is, 60 videos, um, go through all that, check it out. If it's right for you, we have a course. So let people make their own minds up. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying, like how you can be distracted, but let's say you really were researching it. I mean, you would find our YouTube, you would find our blog. So I would hope that through teaching, through me giving you free value, I would hope that that would be enough to make you decide for yourself at least whether or not this is something for you. Yeah. And you know, um, luckily I think if you, if you kind of search any of that stuff, my blog pops up as well. And mm -hmm. if someone actually took the time to like read like, you know, two years worth of, of updates on, on like, starting my first store, second, my second store, uh, they would know that like, okay, you know, like you, why, why should I listen to these anonymous people on a forum that don't even have a real profile photo? Yeah. Uh, or I, can I don't think many people do, honestly. I mean, and the people that would listen to them are the people that again would try to not sign up and ask a million questions. I, I, I I'm not that concerned. So you don't want them anyways. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. It's that thing about being able to choose your customer. Yeah. So I probably actually should have mentioned this earlier, but I, I, I always kind of assume that people that listen to my podcast, they have been to johnnyfd.com, so they know, but I have uh, a new yeah. can, we, can we pause for one second? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll be right back. All right. I'm back. All right, welcome back. All right. <laughs> Drank too much coffee. Oh, yeah. It's a piece of it. Nice, I like Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure, you know, pretty much every single person who listens to this podcast has been to johnnyfd.com, my blog, but uh, I have a recommended resources page that if you guys go to it, you guys can actually get a PDF of every single thing I used to start my dropshipping stores, including uh, Anton's course, Shopify, kind of all the other you know, plugins and apps. And I have discounts to every single thing on there. So whether it's uh, you know getting uh, my Jumpstart course for free when you sign up for Anton's course through my link, uh, or getting 20% off Shopify for life, uh, or getting you know free credit to start, you know get your 800 number, all these things, uh, that's the best way to do it. And my link to Anton's course is antonmethod.com. And through that, you know, not only do you get all the videos that I filmed to kind of help people get you know, started and kind of get over those first um, major kind of uh, hurdles, like, you know, choosing a niche, call, you know, contact suppliers, uh, getting that first sale. Uh, but you also get more access from me. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Check that out, guys. The 20% off is a really good deal because Shopify is something that you should want to use for life. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, like I actually kick myself in the butt all the time because I didn't have that link. Uh, when I wrote that coupon when I started my first store. And because I was doing so much volume, I upgraded from the $29 a month plan to the $79 a month plan. And every single month, I'm like, man, I could have been saving, I could have saved 20 bucks every single month if I just used my Yep. <laughs> so, so stupid. Yeah, but I guess it doesn't even matter because now uh, I have all these other businesses. I still have my other store. Um, my like my it, It's like, the, so I think a lot of people don't realize this, but I actually don't see or talk to you that often. No, no. The last time we hung out, we even really talked was on uh, during your wedding, wedding. in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that? It was actually three months yesterday. Oh, congratulations. How, how does it feel to be married? feels exactly the same. 
Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It really does. It's more of the same, except now we live together. Okay, nice. Yeah. It's going to be a big change like when you guys actually moved to the U.S. Oh, it's crazy. But the thing is, like, there's so much going on that... You know, it will be a change, but like we're so busy for the next three months and I like it. I'm not complaining, but I don't know. There's not going to be time to like even try to adjust because every day is something different. Um, it's going to be an experience for the next few months for sure, though. Oh, let me mention this. You know, yeah. if anyone is uh, like listening to this now and, uh, you know, you want to get involved with like these types of businesses, but in a different way. Um, the reason I'm going back to the States again is to totally scale our e-commerce businesses, um, start a bunch of new ones and really grow them as fast as we can over the next few years. I decided that we're going to do that in, um, in Austin, in Texas, which I've mentioned a bunch of times before, but now we're finally locked in. So I'm opening a office slash warehouse there. And that will be opened on August 1st. That's the goal. And I'm actually hiring for four different positions. So if anyone's interested, go to dropshiplifestyle.com slash careers. You could see what, what's going on over there. But uh, four people in Austin, August 1st, doubling the size of the team. Wow, that's really cool. Where, where in Austin is it going to be? You know, I'm going to be living um, downtown and I'm trying to find the office that's as close as possible because I know the, the traffic's an issue. But at the same time, it's going to be that flex space with the warehouse. And I don't think we're going to find a warehouse downtown. So probably I would say the goal is, you know, 10 or 15 minutes outside of the uh, downtown area. OK, cool. So I don't know if I'm going to actually move to Austin anytime soon. But I told Anton, I said, like, why don't you go there for six months first? Kind of set up base. Tell me if you still like it. And then if you do, there's a there's a chance next year I might, might move out there. I'm staying. The plan's three to five years. Yeah. I like how three you just, I, like, you know what? I think you, you've always been very good at that. Just like kind of making your mind and saying, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting nervous now because I've still never been there and it's getting <laughs> real. So I'm getting a little bit nervous, but it's happening. So have you never actually stepped foot in Austin? No, I've never been to Texas. And you've but, already committed to, to staying there for three to five years. Yeah, because the thing is, like the way it works with, you know, I know what I want to do. I mean, as far as the business that I have and will have as we transition a bit, um, it's going to be the same whether it's set up in Austin or set up in New York or set up in California. And I would love, honestly, like, you know, I'm from New York. I love, love, love New York. And I wish I could just go there and set up and have everything easy. The problem is it's so expensive with like New York City taxes to actually form your business there and get it set up. And it's, it's much better in Texas. Also, the, the cost of living's obviously less, which doesn't just benefit me. It benefits the whole team as we scale um, and get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, uh, you know, I think for like quality of life in the States and with California, another place I would love to be, you know, the costs for doing business there are just insane. So I think when you like when you mix quality of life plus uh, like scene, like the, the, the people that are there and cost of living, I, I think Austin is the winner. I mean, I've, I've chosen it as the winner for at least three to five years. So, yeah, we'll be there. I like it, man. I, I, I like it a lot. And hopefully we'll actually get to hang out more often uh, if I do yeah. be out there. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Let's ask, let's ask to see if the audience knows anything about this. Because one of the positions that we really need help with that I don't even know how to find is a, a data analyst. So if anyone's listening to this and you're a data analyst or you can recommend anyone, please put them in touch with me. It's Anton at dropshiplifestyle.com. Uh, actually, my buddy Chris uh, used to work as a data analyst. So Did he really? Figured, yeah. For a house? Huh? For, for a house? For a roommate house. The was it the company H O U Z Z? Oh no, 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 it wasn't for house. It was um, he worked for it for I think an insurance company or something. Ah, but he sells interesting. Yeah, I'll talk to him. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put you guys in touch. But nice. At least three more job openings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we also have a, yeah. have executive assistant, um, someone doing sales, and then a copywriter as well. Man, it's it's so crazy that like it's transformed so much because it was 
I, I don't know if people listened to uh, episode 10. Go back to that because that's when that's the first time I had you on the podcast, which is 105 episodes ago. That in itself is insane. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you recorded your first videos and you built your first, you know, your course in like your parents and your mom's uh, like living rooms. No, I recorded I recorded a sales video when I went home after Chiang Mai during Christmas, but I did the course in my apartment when I was living in North Carolina. Okay. But I mean, either way, it's, it was just you, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been just me for three years. Um, and I should mention, like, the, like everyone that's you know coming on board right now, it's not just for for Dropship Lifestyle. Um, you'll be involved with it, but we're you know doing lots of different things over here. Okay, so, so more like the e-commerce side of things. The e-commerce side of things and software side of things. Okay, man, it, it, it's so insane, like that we're all kind of growing together, and like it really is a journey. And yeah, I, I, and I really feel like as long as people kind of just follow along, you know, mm -hmm. like. There's no reason why we can't all grow together. Yeah. No, there's no reason. And things change. You know, like I've done podcasts with you where I'm sure I've said it. And I've done podcasts with other people where I'm sure I've said, you know, the reason that I haven't never built a company like Wayfair or Hay Needle is because they have 500 employees and, you know, there's huge mega operations. And that's not what I'm looking to do with my life. And that's still true. But even going back like a few years, I wasn't, I, I had just sold a bunch of businesses and I wasn't really in the mindset of, I want to have an office again. I've had offices in the past, but I wasn't in the mindset of, I want to have offices again. I want to have a big team, but now it's, you know, I, I'm there again where I'm ready to have, you know, a team of 25 and, you know, I'm still not trying to build that even hundred person company, but we'll have within, within a year, we'll have 20 to 25 people working on all of our e-commerce brands. Uh, we're launching a lot of brands this year and, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. But, you know, that is so insane because, you know, going from, you know, 25 people to 100 is actually, it probably isn't that, like, it's, it's almost like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, well, now I have 100 people. Yeah, but that's why, like, I, we, we talked about it briefly earlier, like, when I was asking what your next plan is and what you want, because, you know, people forget sometimes, but as entrepreneurs, we get to choose what type of business we want. So I agree. Once you're at 25, you could easily say, now I want 100, now I want 300. And, you know, you could, you could make that your goal. But I have a, like, I do the same like you. I write down my goals and I have a very clear plan as to, you know, who those 20 to 25 people are, at which time, which ones get brought on board. I have re revenue targets. I have how many brands we want to launch targets. I have a lot of different things like kind of set up and I don't want it to vary to where I wake up one day and have a hundred people that I don't want to manage. And, um, so because I know I don't want that, I won't have that, but yeah. you have to know what you want and what you don't want. That's, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, you know, what's funny is so Wayfair and Haney, you know, these like giant, uh, e-commerce sites, they're almost kind of like, you know, they're not as big as Amazon, but they're like, they're very big. They're, they're like some of the, I mean, I, they do like what hundreds of million dollars of, of sales a year. Yeah, Wayfair does over a billion, and Hay Needle does like five hundred million. Yeah, so what's and crazy, it's mostly dropship on both of them. Yeah, yeah. I, what's really crazy is not that I would do it, or not that it would be easy, because you know nothing's easy, especially if you're building, you know, building a billion-dollar company. But the things I've learned through your course and kind of running through these stores, if I really, really wanted to dedicate, and that was like my focus, my goal, I could build the next Hay Needle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. 100%. And like, that's not even a crazy thing to say because it, it's, you, you've done it once. And if you wanted to be that person that brings on a lot of employees and like you said, now you want to do kind of a, you know, a mastermind slash, I guess, joint venture with 10 different people. If you wanted to have them as employees instead of as partners, and if you wanted to have, you know, 10 of them to start, and then the first year you sell a bunch of businesses and the next year you have 20 and the next year you have 50 and the next year you have a hundred. Um, it's a very clear path to get there. It's just a matter of, do you want that in life? And I know you don't. And I mean, I don't want to be that size either. So you can kind 
kind of make decisions. Like what, what I did, like this is all, you know, I guess basic stuff that a lot of people do. And if you don't, you should, but you should actually be clear on what you want in life. So I don't make, you know, 10 year business goals, but I do know what I want. So right now I'm 31 years old. And by the time I'm, you know, 35, 36, I, I want to have a really nice house in the Austin area, um, which is awesome because I don't just think about it. I look at real estate and I see what you can get for your money. And I bookmark these amazing homes that I want to live in. And then I know that a few years after that, I want to have a second home in Manhattan. So I don't just think about it. I literally go to real estate websites. Again, I look at what I want. I figure out the areas. And, uh, you know, those are kind of like the longer term goals. And then the business is just a way to get there. I like that. It's actually a really smart way to keep it fresh in your mind and know what you're working towards. I remember Mm -hmm. when I was before I became that that time millionaire, that 30K um, goal, I went to malls and I would look at gold watches like as a hobby, like every weekend. Yeah. I would just go, yeah. I would just go shop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like some people might think that's a distraction, but it's good because it, it, it makes you feel like I'm not into the whole, you know, I think we've said this before, but I'm not into like the whole secret thing. But when you see things like, okay, for example, we're moving to Austin, we're setting up this flex space. I know we need to get all new equipment. I sold all the equipment out here in Saigon. So like even now, like just to get myself excited for it, even though we're not going to open for two and a half months, I'm on Amazon. I'm looking at the computer screens. I'm looking at the computers. I'm making a wish list. I'm like, what kind of tech do I want in there? I'm looking at videos on TechCrunch of different stuff startup offices to get like inspired. So even though like this is something that will happen in time, it's not happening tomorrow, but just do things, do what you like, pretend you kind of have what you will have. And even like if there's a certain kind of car you like, like, you know, I don't know, go, go to Mercedes.com and build a custom one and just, you know, see what it costs and then think, okay, that's a lot of money. How do I get that? Like it it really helps. It really does. I like it. By the way, if you or anyone else is building an office and ordering like 20 grand worth of stuff uh, off of Amazon, please go to Travel Like a Boss podcast and click on the <laughs> Amazon link before you order it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll help a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. Dude, so Matt, I, I almost don't, don't even, I, I don't even want to get off this podcast. There's so much to talk about. It, it's so insane. Like, it's, I, I miss you, man. It's, it's been, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so glad that we have this kind of, uh, this channel because because i know you've been just like swamped yeah yeah i've been definitely keeping busy we've been we've been you know hiring out here we've been testing all different things in different businesses we've actually you know a lot of stuff it's funny because people know you know dropship lifestyle because that's like what i guess i've become attached to because in this community that we have um it's kind of what i'm known for and it's cool because we do do other things behind the scenes and it's not stuff that anyone really i guess has to know about but one of the things that i'm hoping like you know we have this channel to discuss that and one of the things that I'm hoping is as these other businesses grow in scale, we could just talk about other, I don't know, other, other visions and other things that are happening in life too, because whether you're into e-commerce or not, there's, I don't know, there's a lot, there's always a lot to talk about. Like it's going to be an interesting year. I'll say that it's going to be a really interesting year. I like it. Yeah. So actually, so the reason why I had you on today, and that's why I'm so glad that you were available is I was thinking, it's like, you know, I really want to talk about selling the store and kind of like celebrate that excitement for it. So at first Mm -hmm. I was just going to find some random person to like, kind of interview me for this episode and be like, this is uh, Johnny telling the story about uh, selling it. But then instead I was like, you know what? Let me just write it into a blog post. Uh, so it's, it's on johnnyupti.com. You can see um, all the details on how I sold my store. And then I figured I was like, you know, what? why not have this episode be with Anton, the guy kind of who started it all. Thanks for being on the show. Very cool, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, if you guys want to check out Anton's course, you can use my link. It's antonmethod.com or you can just go to johnnyupti.com under resources and you can download the PDF that has uh, access to everything. And I, 
I promise you that his course works. It's not easy. You have to put in the work. I've documented everything I've done, but it genuinely works. And it's made me $160,000 richer. Uh, <laughs> if I, if I include the profit that I made while running the store, uh, as well as the 60 grand that I just made for flipping it. So thank, thanks, yeah. Anton. I, I, Congratulations I, I, again. I uh, owe you dinner or something. All right. In Hawaii. <laughs> Better be a damn nice dinner. Yep. All right. Peace out, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.